Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar, and we have joining us today Juan Hernandez. He is the founder and CEO at Open Finance Network. Welcome, Juan. Ah, thanks for having me, Juliet. Happy to be here. So, Juan, why don't you go ahead and give us some insight into Open Finance Network? Sure, sure. So, Open Finance Network is a platform uh, for the alternative asset industry. Um, and specifically, the area that we're focused on is in blockchain-enabled securities, and so security tokens, for example. Um, so it's, it's a area, it's a market that we've been active in for, for several years now, um, and, and for us right now, it's a very exciting time in the industry with the rollout of, of more and more blockchain-enabled um, offerings and structures that are they're really changing um, how investors participate in these types of opportunities. Fantastic. Um, so you're really following different trends. So tell us a little bit about the tokenized trending that I see here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so certainly, um, you know, there's been a lot of news and interest around uh, tokenization of, of, of different things. Um, certainly started last year with, with the ICO craze, if you will, and this year it's developing more into the STO craze, uh, security token offerings. But basically, tokenization is just essentially taking an asset that exists um, um, off-chain, if you will, and, and, and bringing it on-chain and then taking advantage of all the different mechanisms that distributed ledger technology gives you in terms of both the management of the asset and really how you can structure uh, the asset. You know, I think we're still very much in early days and, and, and the, there's still a lot more innovation to come in terms of how some of these uh, blockchain-based securities are structured going forward. And why don't you give us a little bit of some insight into the use cases that Open Finance Network has been involved with or could potentially be involved with? Sure, yes. And so, so some of the first assets that we'll be working with that will be trading on our platform um, are, are, are things, for example, like um, blockchain capital, a, a, a tokenized venture fund um, that, that had their, their security token offering last year. Um, science uh, incubator fund, another uh, security uh, token offering. Um, Protos, a, a more of a hedge fund type tokenized asset. Um, so, so these are instruments where, where the issuer um, already did their capital raise um, in, in the open market and now their shareholders are represented on the distributed ledger. And so now um, once they've kind of come to pass their holding period when they're allowed to start trading these assets, they can come to our platform to start um, trading these assets in a compliant way with other investors on the open market. Wow. And and all of this has has many different layers. Um, you've got your decentralized security depository. You've got uh, asset tokenization. You've got the registry. You've got the passport. You're really involved in many different areas. Yeah. So there's a lot of the infrastructure um, is, is, is needed at this moment. So, so almost out of necessity, if you will, a lot of these different constructs and elements that we have, um, um, we put them together simply because there was a void and a gap in the market. Um, you know, more and more we're starting to see 
new market participants come in to help out with the asset issuance side. So some of our partners like um, Securitize, uh, TokenSoft, Polymath, um, several others specialize in asset issuance now. And so we, we look to those um, participants as valued partners in our network. But there's certainly um, a need for a lot of infrastructure um, within the industry, because as I've mentioned several times now, we're still very much in, in, in an infancy stage um, as, a, as an entire industry. No, absolutely. And, you know, by working in this space, you're getting a good solid idea of what's happening. We are in the infancy, but, you know, what are you imagining for the future? Uh, sure. You know, certainly right now, you, you can consider a lot of the activity in the market today almost as pilots, as, as proof of concepts of, you know, can we use distributed ledger technology uh, um, to compliantly maintain books and records, right? To do compliant security offerings, to do investor relations management, et cetera, et cetera. So, so still very much in, in proof of concept phase. Um, but, but once we move um, to a more mass, um, mass scale adoption, I think you'll start to see a lot of, you know, cost reduction across the board as, as less and less intermediaries are needed. I think you'll see an empowerment of, of the everyday retail investor to, to really uh, take control of, of their investment portfolio and, and participate in offerings that make sense for them and that, and that line up with their affinities. Um, so, so, you know, definitely a, a change, I think, in how people think about these investment opportunities. Give us a little uh, background about yourself. How did you get involved in this space and come to found Open Finance Network? Yep. So I've been active in the technology space for, for gosh, over 20 plus years now. So I started out as a, a computer science uh, major at Northwestern University um, in Evanston. Um, worked in software consulting for, for about 10 years um, in the healthcare industry, financial services industry, and security um, industry as well. Um, and, and been doing really um, entrepreneurship, if you'll, startups uh, uh, for the last uh, um, eight years now, primarily in the financial uh, services space, uh, working on building virtual financial exchanges. Um, we're working on crowdfunded platforms, crowdfunded markets, really, um, you know, at that intersection of, of finance and technology, that's really where I've specialized in. And so um, for, for me and the team, certainly our, our goal at a high level has always been to bring new opportunities forward, not only to retail investors who, who want to participate in these types of offerings, but but also the, the small companies that, that can take advantage of these new um, capital raising mechanisms to, to raise money for their own business ventures. Um, you know, that, that democratization of finance, if you will, that, um, that people like to talk about, that, that's really where we've made, um, you know, the, the core part of our focus has been on moving, uh, pushing that movement forward in, in a meaningful way. And that kind of brings me back to, you know, some of the biggest challenges that are in this space. What do you feel those biggest challenges are, and how is open finance tackling those specifically? Yeah, you know, right now, one of the biggest challenges is, um, at a high level, is education. There, there still needs to be a bit more education and understanding of the core underlying technology here. Um, you know, it, it's still seen as very exotic uh, um, to, to, to more um, mainstream um, market participants, if you will, so sort of looked at as very, um, very much sort of an exotic 
question mark still. Um, so, so once it becomes a bit more commonplace and more education has been pushed out to the market, I think you'll see a big uptick in adoption by um, not just retail investors, but also uh, a bit more Main Street companies. Um, at an industry level, um, one of the biggest challenges is the issue of audienceship. Um, and basically who takes custody of these assets and how do you do it? Um, that's still a big question mark that the entire industry is working on solving. But, but once we do, um, you know, once we find uh, solutions for that model, certainly then you'll start to see more institutional players start to participate. And, and that'll really, um, you know, create um, a rising tide for all, all folks who are in the market. And I hear, I hear the education challenge so frequently. Um, do you think that it's just because it's such a new technology that not a lot of people have the knowledge to give, or do you think that it's it's, it's overly complicated? You know, what is your take on, on how there needs to be more education, or even is, is education going to be going to be followed by maybe a larger interest? It's on multiple levels, right? Certainly, there's a lot of complicated elements, um, you know, in, in terms of how actual distributed ledger technology works um, and the different. Um, implications of that technology. I think there's education needed in the sense of clarification that that blockchain in and of itself is a technology and not an asset class in and of itself. I mean, that could be helpful to kind of separate the two. Um, You know, some folks compare distributed ledger technology, the blockchain technology to sort of uh, in the same technology that was used to build the internet, Um, um, you know, back um, back decades ago, and, and certainly the common person off the street does not understand necessarily how uh, TCPIP works, for example, but they know, um, you know, how the World Wide Web works at a high level. And so, so sa- same here with the, with distributed ledger technology. We need some sort of uh, mechanism, you know, a browser, if you will, or some sort of interface that, that allows the common person to be able to engage with this new technology. Because um, it's still just a little too difficult for, for the um, everyday person to, to use this technology uh, easily. Do you think the everyday person needs to know how to use this technology? I, I don't know that they need to know the nuts and bolts of, of what's under the covers, but I do think you'll start to see this technology or applications built on top of the technology used more and more in everyday life. Um, and there again, right, you know, People use the web every day. People use mail, uh, email, but they don't know how TCPIP or SMTP works. Um, and, and that's fine, right? Because there are strong user-friendly interfaces built on top of that technology. So right now we're still very much in that raw plumbing stage. And, but for once we've built these solid applications on top of it, then um, you know people will start to use it more and they'll want to understand it at a high level but, but you know they don't necessarily need to dig into the nuts and bolts of, of all the underlying technology you know and I, I've been kind of thinking the same thing myself um, you know a lot of people are hung up on the fact of how, I don't really understand how it works so I don't trust it and I'm thinking to myself well do you know exactly how you know a microwave works do you know exactly how everything in your car works or the internet or whatnot and you trust those things every day. Yeah, and, and actually, that's a great point, right? I think that goes, is that a byproduct of education, right? And building trust then in the technology and the underlying uh, mechanisms, right? So once you become familiar with them, once you start to use them more to touch them and they become more more part of your everyday life, then yes, you know, you do start to trust it. Um, 
certainly there was a point in time when online banking seemed like a very, very dangerous thing, right? Like you're going to lose all of your um, banking information uh, on the internet. And now it's, it's you know, it, it's something that everyone partakes in for the most part. Absolutely. I can't imagine my life without online banking. It would be so much more of a hassle. <laughs> um, let's talk about a little bit about, about the actual, uh, you know, product and platform that you're providing here. You're bu- for buying, selling, managing, and, and researching all these security tokens. Um, you know, give us a little insight into the user experience. Yep. Yes. And, and user experience is, is, is a great point. I think to our prior conversation there, you know, it's the user experience that, that really opens us up to a broader audience and, and, and allows them to get comfortable and trust the, the, the underlying tech. Uh, so sure, the, yes, the user experience, you know, it, it's, it is built for the retail investor. And so we um, have a onboarding flow that allows um, anyone to come in off the street and fill out their investor passport, um, which allows us to do AML, KYC, and accreditation checks on all the participants, uh, associate that to their digital wallet, um, so that they're allowed to transact on the platform in, in a in a compliant fashion. Um, and so once they've um, uh, fulfilled their onboarding process and been approved, then they're able to trade um, these security tokens that are listed on the platform in a way very similar to how one would trade um, Google stock or, or Microsoft stock. Um, and so we've spent many, many months uh, working through the user experience process to ensure that it's very user-friendly, uh, very um, streamlined, because um, we know that we have to cater both to um, the newer market participants and, and the more experienced veteran participants already um, in, in this market. So where's, where's the best place for people to learn more about Open Finance Network to start using it um, to get involved? Yeah, yeah they can go to um, openfinance.io. Uh, that's our main website, and they can uh, read more about the platform there, learn more about the uh, technology, the underlying mechanisms, and really uh, work through, um, you know, run through the FAQs to answer any questions uh, they might have, and, 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 and get a hold of us as well. If they have any other direct questions, they can reach out to us via um, email, live chat, or other um, online forums. Fantastic. One of my final questions here is, you know, what what really motivates you in this space? What pushes you forward each day and keep and keep yourself learning? Yeah, especially now with where we're at as an industry, I think it's just tremendously exciting every day to really be at the forefront of, of this bigger movement. Um, you know, much like um, the internet in early days, right? I, I think we'll, we'll be at a point soon over the next five to 10 years where it's hard to imagine our lives before this new technology came in. And, and to me, it's exciting to be building out a lot of that core infrastructure and, and doing our part to keep that movement going forward. So that, that's what excites me. That's what excites the team every day to, to, to really be breaking new ground and, and, and rolling out um, you know, trading platform that, that, that's first of its kind, uh, first to market. Um, that, that's the stuff that gets us really excited. That's fantastic. Well, one, Thank you so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast and sharing your insight. And and this company that's, that's launching on the 28th is you guys are well on your way to really changing the industry. Well, yeah, thank you so much for having me. And uh, yes, look forward to uh, to chatting more in the future. That is Juan Hernandez. He is the founder and CEO at Open Finance Network. You can find them at openfinance.io. Thank you all so much for joining us here today on Future Tech Podcast. This has been Juliet Lamar. Thank you so much for tuning in.
You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 